AF eloquence is made in the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging, and we recognise that sovereignty was never ceded. Time for a treaty. Welcome to AF Eloquence, the show where we are eloquent AF about all things Aussie rules football. Hey, my name is Emil. Hello, my name is Bart Welch. And uh, gee, it feels good to be, ma- to be back, Emil. We, we promised in round one that we would be back early this week for a little tip slash history pod, a sweet morsel of AF Eloquence. And here we are on Tuesday night, Football Eve, the eve of round one. Perhaps our podcast is a bit Maybe our spirit team is the Gold Coast Suns because we tend to start the season strong. But... Yeah, that's us, baby. Yeah, we're strong when the sun's out, when there's, we're full of optimism. Full of vitamin D. Yeah, we got sweet tans. Drinking uh, that Mountain Dew. <laughs> we love the Dew. Sign him up for 10 more years. <laughs> and then when things start to fall apart in the, through the year, when normally when our clubs start to fall apart, you know, we might resemble, reflect our own clubs sometimes. Sun dips behind the clown. We get a bit of those winter blues. Yeah. Travelling down at cold old Victoria every second week. Hate that. I need to start <laughs> taking some supplements, merely. Some right? vitamin D supplements. Well, I, know a, I know a man... Stephen Dank, who might be available, he's Dank. Uh, he's got the peptides you need. He's got a history. I mean, you know, he's I don't know how, but he's been out of the industry for a few years, so you probably get him cheap. I think it's time for a comeback for Doctor Dank. Uh, let's get him into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> our first guest ever is Stephen Dank. <laughs> Dr. Stephen Dank. It's not like our Williams or Dylan Savile or any of our footy mates. No, 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 no. no, no, no. It's Doctor Dank, baby. That's right. <laughs> and we'll get him on like the fourth of. April or whatever it is, or the twentieth of April. Get him, get him in for four twenty, Doctor Dank. Perfect. Mm-hmm. We can, he can give us the inside word. The, uh, the, 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 we'll give him the chance to tell his story because you know what, oh, I haven't heard it from his point of view. I've only no. ever heard the, the mainstream media's version of the Dank saga. And, uh, and I, we all know I, they. I'm can't. a truther. You damn right you are, and we know that the mainstream media cannot be trusted, which is why our loyal listeners come here for the truth merely mm-hmm, and. Mm-hmm. I think it's time to have an expose for Dr. Dank, find out what, get to the bottom of what happened. Um, yeah. And well, how, how, are you, how are you feeling post our last step? We, uh, that was only, only a, less than a week ago. Yeah. Uh, but I, for me, that my uh, excitement levels have only increased. Me too, man. I was saying, Amelia, just a moment earlier, I felt, I felt slightly uh, dustier on uh, yesterday and today. My throat has a little bit of gravel behind it because I enjoyed my weekend for once, Emil. And it nearly jeopardized the whole dang round, round one because I've, I've been a bit gravelly, but two negative rat tests later and, uh, and no other sy- symptoms, I'm building back up to that excitement. And I, uh, I'm flying out tomorrow, all things permitted, um, permitting, and I'm very bloody excited, Millie. It's good well, to t- talk footy with you again. Indeed it is. And you know what, Bart, even if, even if you get a little positive result, I think Dank has something that will... Yeah, of course, you can. You, you he'll give you he'll give you a little injection, and then you'll go and get your PCR and yeah, miraculously maybe. the result. Turn the negative. tides, mate. Turn, Turn the peptides the, around. The tides, yeah, yeah, man. yeah. I think Thank Stephen's you very much. Yeah, Stephen's got a lot to offer. <laughs> He's almost like some kind of dealer of sorts. Some sorts. Produce. Products. Wheeler. Wheeler and He's dealer. a wheeler and a dealer, that danky boy. But no, Amelia, I'm super excited, man. And, uh, you know, as we said a moment ago, in 24 hours' time, we will be grabbing a seat at the MCG together, ready to watch the grand final rematch in round one. That's right. It is. It is because it's Tuesday, the fifteenth of March. It's ten past seven in the That's PM. It. So we'll just be we'll just be settling down. The flag will have been unfurled by this time, oh. less than twenty four hours away, and uh, we'll just be settling into our little seats to to watch what is. I don't know. It's one of the most exciting starts to the season by virtue of the fact that they're doing the grand final rematch in in round one to tip the season off. Are you a yeah. fan? I'm a fan. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Who Why cares? I'd, I'd love it any time, really. But it's um, I'll, be, I'll always be interested in you know the first game of the season, as most fans will. And I have enjoyed your Blue Baggers playing Richmond. I think that's a good um, a good round one uh, traditional slot, yeah. which is it's still there. It's just it's just on Thursday. But no, I'm I'm a fan of the rematch. It's kind of great. The last season, the last game of 
last year and kicks off again with the first game of the year. What about you? Yeah, uh, well, absolutely, dude. Uh, yeah, they would only it only gets less and less uh, interesting the grand final rematch as the season wears on. You know, when when you get a bit more That's exposed true. form on on both those teams as um as they kind of start to you start to figure out whether or not they're any good this year or not. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't really think – that's so true. I didn't really think that. In my head, I was like, I'm sure the TV people might have something else to say or some fans sure. might be like, why don't you save it, have a build-up? But you're right. If, if let's just say the doggies for whatever reason or, or even the Ds, I don't see it happening, but if one of them had a bad run of injuries and they dropped down the ladder and, and they didn't right. play till round seven or eight or, or something like that, it mightn't be much of a game by then, really, because one of the club seasons could well be nearly over, um, which is pretty dire. Obviously, I think they're both very good, but you never know. Yeah, I mean, in, in the in the public's in the footy going public's mind, they're both still the best two teams in it, or you know, near enough to it that it makes it that uh, that extra little bit spicy. And and there's we're still fresh. Uh, we still feel like that fresh kind of redemptive feeling about it, the possibility of the game. You know, I mean, obviously. You can't um, you can't win the grand final in March, but um, oh, that's so true, Emil. God, you're wise. <laughs> Play it in September, and they have for a long time, except for that Olympic year and the other years when it's been in October and stuff. But mostly in September, and that's that's damn where it should be. Huh? That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I think for us all, we'll, to see what especially the Bulldogs can do about. Melbourne and, and whether or not Melbourne can recapture the confidence and and kind of fuck blinding form that took them to 16 of the last 17 goals or whatever it yeah. was. I mean, ridiculous. An avalanche of goals. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, you know, what better a game to kick things off for, for the D's fans to just kind of have this game, the grand final take two, you know, and mm-hmm. have all the fans that couldn't be there in WA last year here for round one to kick things off. And I, I cannot wait for – the minute or two before the bounce, merely when there's and they that play Hell's summer. Bells by ACDC. Uh, and is, yeah, is that what they <laughs> actually play? Is that oh, the, absolutely, the they do. Yeah, oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. Unreal. Um, and the kind oh, of countdown begins to the bounce. Yeah, yeah, baby. That's that's. I'm nearly looking forward to that that moment the most when everyone starts when we just get this cheer Little. and it's going to be. Massive. The hum of the crowd starts, and then it builds into a bit of a roar. Oh, it's going to be immense, and, be and no, no one there will have been in any environments that are that are like that for for a couple of years. Really, you wouldn't and I imagine. Re- well, that's that's what I like. I do. I think they 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 have got the opening fixture really right. You know, it's it's um, Melbourne, the home of Aussie rules, has not had much of it in the last two years, and so they're playing all ten, all ten Melbourne or Victorian teams. In Melbourne across the opening weekend. Like, oh, didn't even pick that. Well Delish. done. Good eye. Yeah. That's, oh. that's awesome. You're right. Yeah. It, it, that's that's really exciting. And it is a really great first round fixture and a really difficult one to tip. It is. My Mealy boy. Which, uh, that yes. is a good segue, but I just want to posit <laughs> yeah. one little bit of a one little run bit up of for the segue. Nah, it, yeah, I'm, give it to I, me. I'm ready to run up and jump on that segue and ride it all the way to the finish line. But one uh, one slight bit of news that I'd like to talk about with you just briefly because we talked about it on the show last week, and that mm. is that the uh, AFL have announced that they're um, almost certainly going to put the AFLW season. Starting in August. August. Hallelujah. Yeah, there we go. It All happened. about it. You're right. It happened so quickly. Well, obviously, they've been working it out in the background, but um, that's so great. It's great news, yeah. isn't it? I heard, you know, some people talk about it today. It's like, oh, won't it take away some attention? You know, it's around the... The finals of the M's, but it's no, not at all. I want more footy, not less. And I want yeah. in the footy football season, and I don't want these women to be doing constant ACLs on hard turf. So I think it's a better time of year to do it. Too right, too right. And and it will add value to September that is already you know packed with amazing games. But there are less games, obviously, in September. It's the final season. So, but the appetite has never been greater for yep. for for football so it makes yeah. perfect sense to me and they're talking about a 17 uh round season so some big and, and it's gonna w. be fast tracked for um you know we're in march and it's 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 they're just going into the final season of course the the last round of the home and away season was on the weekend yep. um so i don't know how many weeks finals runs for i imagine like two, you know three weeks or so but then it'll be it'll be a quick turnaround until they're back into 
the next season for the for the women's league, which is which is great. More footy, the better. I say. Bad for the teams that suffered a horrendous run of ACL injuries, but hey, you True. can't. Um, yeah, or any you clashes. can't win them all. Yeah, any schedule right. clashes with like you know UFC fighters or skiers right. or whatever the <laughs> other things Olympic that these amazing and- yeah <laughs> these amazing women do multi skilled incredible athletes yep <laughs> and there's also talk a bit a bit about what it means in terms of the draft because obviously um, a lot of these women would be uh, in school you know who are hoping yeah. to play in the draft play for play in the W in the next seasons will be still in school right through until you know November basically so. That's true. They won't be able. They'll be, they'll miss a whole draft class basically, and they're bringing in two new teams. So what that means, but hey, like yeah, true. Okay, it's, it's not all, it's not always going to be perfect, but it is the right move, and I'm, uh, I'm I think it's a big win. Yeah, that's awesome. And big dub and for the dub. Big dub for the dub, and they've got a couple of new teams coming in as well, right? I think imagine it'll be Essendon and Hawthorne. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's just the tip of the iceberg for the for the W's league, merely just the tip of the iceberg. You like that segue? Not oh, really tip. tip! Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, that was too. That was too cool for me. Oh, that was, yeah, it was super smooth. Ice cold, my man. Oh, I love that. Ice <laughs> yeah. cold. You can focus on the iceberg uh, part. I'm a, sun, of I'm a sun's boy. I'm a, I'm a warm man. You know, it's uh, it's too hot. Ah, too cold yeah. for me down there. Yeah, I should have avoided the uh, ice iceberg related analogies. Um, um, well, well, we are so we're just we're going to go through our tips for this week's games, and then I've got a nice little history segment uh, for this pod. We're going to have a tight, you know, thirty-five to forty minutes, which will inevitably be a forty-fiver. But uh, hey, hey you know, as per usual, that's right. We're always and, tight, and if we're not, you love it anyway. You love it. You will love it. <laughs> All right, tips, baby. We're tomorrow back. night. Tomorrow, tomorrow night at the G flag unfurling. Oof. Grand final rematch. Uh, a 7-10 early start uh, on a Wednesday. We've got Melbourne taking on the Bulldogs. How do you see this one, Bart? Mm. Wowee, Mealy. Mm-hmm. I'm tipping those Ds because, and maybe that's a boring tip, but they haven't really put a foot wrong this preseason, it doesn't seem like, and they're hungry for more. I think you'd be extra hungry if you haven't got to play in front of all of your fans at your home ground. So to go to the G, the spiritual home of not just the Demons, but football itself, um, I think they're going to want to really put on a show, as will the doggies, but I think the Ds will be a touch too strong. And who knows, after a bad loss or, you know, a loss in the grand final, the doggies, you know, I don't know. They they might not have that same kind of hunger. I'm not sure. But Unlike other the dogs, Ds. they're not going to roll over. However, no. I think you're right. I think it's the Ds for me too. They're just – the only way I could see it not being Melbourne, and that's mainly because of Melbourne's – absolute like weapons in both the midfield and attack. Not obviously they've got a great defense too, but they're really strong in, in mid midfield and attack and, and Bulldogs are strong in the mid and um, weak in defense. So as evidenced by those, that big run of goals in the granny. So goals. Yep. I just, I, if Melbourne were to get stage fright, but that feels like the Melbourne of, you know, but 1964 through to 2020, not, not yeah. the Melbourne, Melbourne team post-2021 grand final. No, nah, it's a new era. I don't think yeah. they're going to be choking. They, yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. They look they look beyond that now. They have Indeed. too many good players to, you know, there's no single or a few players that are carrying the team. They've got class on every line. D's for us both. Double and I reckon D's. Little, little Luke Jackson to get a, get a tasty three votes. Big goal. Love that. He's awesome. Mm. Why not? It's got a basketball background. Would you believe it? Whoa! Yep. Is that does that translate? Is that transfer? It helps or? time okay. and space. Wow! All right. Good fun. Yeah. I know. Um, next game. Yeah. Following night, same venue, seven twenty-five. A little bit later. It's on a Thursday after all. Yeah. We we, all, we can all stay up a little bit later on a Thursday. It's, That's right. It's, it's the working man's Friday. Yeah, fifteen um, minutes later than a Wednesday, which is sorry. It's, it's the non-working man's Friday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. And I won't be working. On Thursday, so I will be staying up till seven twenty-five to watch this game. Indeed, I will also, and I will be there. You'll be there, ready to go yeah, uh, for what has to be the most anticipated Carlton Richmond match in nearly ten years. Yeah. I would say since you've had this slot, no doubt. Well, it's the, we haven't won this slot since twenty twelve. We haven't beaten Richmond since that famous elimination final in twenty thirteen, where. Judd ripped them apart from halftime. Nick Dygan kicked four goals. Wow. It's been that long since we've beaten the Tigers. Wow. 
Wow, that uh-huh. doesn't seem right. No, it doesn't, does it? I've read that somewhere and it retained it, but it may not be yeah, true. I'm sure it is, um, but not. it seems... <laughs> I, hope, I hope you're wrong. Um, man, Mealy, I'm with you. The optimism is high right now for the Blue Baggers, and it looks like across the uh, kind of media landscape, the AFL landscape, it's also pretty high amongst some people in the know because... People are tipping those blues to make the eight. They're tipping them to to rise up the ladder. They're they're kind of the the favourite club to do it thus uh, thus far. Oh and, yeah, uh, yeah. And I th- I feel like this will be the the closest crack that you've had. I know that you're pretty bullish on Richmond, as we alluded to in last week's pod, including them right up the top end in the top four in your ladder. And mm. I don't know. I'm, I'm not as I'm not as sold. Um, maybe it's wishful thinking. I'm hoping they just they keep falling or they have. You know, another bad run of injuries, maybe. That's probably what it takes for such a champion side. But I'm hoping they don't keep going back up and bounce back up the ladder. And I really hope, maybe it's wishful thinking, but I hope slash think your blue baggers will either win or go very close. But I'm going to, I'm tipping the blues, baby. Got to have some upsets in round one. And this would be an exciting way to start the year if the blues beat Richmond. I sure would, man. I just checked and I was right. They haven't, they haven't won against Richmond since the elimination final 2013. Yeah, wow, dude. But I think tomorrow, I mean, Thursday night is the night for it. I think I'm ready for it. And you know what? Like, yeah, I reckon Richmond, I do tip Richmond to come top four again, but I don't (laughs) think, I think that's off the back of uh, a slightly varied game style and plan and and a few positional changes. And I think that it's going to take that a little while, them a little while. Probably will take us a little while to mold to Michael Voss's game plan. But I think... We've just got all the momentum of the off season and I think we're primed for this game more than they are. Like they're, they're looking at the season as a whole. We are too, sure, but they'll be getting themselves really ready for this game to make a statement finally against them and, and, and hopefully get the win. So I'm, I'm going to tip him too. Um, yeah, feel good about it. And from what I've heard, that we're going to go a bit taller, um, which will be interesting, I think. Uh, both, you know, with two Ruckman for us. Both TDK and Pitnet, plus, you know, Charlie, Harry, um, Jack Silvani in the forward line. So I'll be very interested to see how that goes. I mean, I wonder if, I wondered if maybe the reason they were doing that is because Dylan Grimes was looking like he was going to be out. He might play. The latest word today was that he's looking likely, but I'm not sure if they're just playing those cheeky, uh, cheeky mm. time of mind games. Um, cheeky. Could be. But if that is the case, if he doesn't play, then we go. F- tall in in our attack then it might precipitate a switch of uh bolter from forward back into defense um which would relieve our um our defense of course so that's that seems to be where they're headed we'll see how it all plays out but god damn i'm excited for this one i'm oh. nervous so nervous yeah man i feel the nerves <laughs> i feel the nerves for our clubs again who are yeah. you know we need to have good strong starts and the best way to do it is to beat these well, big a big scout for the Blue Baggers on this opening round. You know, if not now, Melbourne. then when? But yeah, it's time, now, mate. When? It is time. We're in lockstep. Um, we're in lockstep. <clears throat> All right, Friday night. Uh, it's uh, it's your St Kilda Saints taking on Collingwood at Marvel Stadium at seven fifty. Later again. Later again. Uh, we love this. It's Friday night. <laughs> yeah, and Saturday night's going to be an eight thirty five kickoff. <laughs> It's going to be late night on Saturday. <laughs> Sunday night is 9.32. It's horrible for those Monday morning workers. Really odd, really odd time but slot. we like a progression um, <laughs> in the AFL. Yeah, Amelie, um, yeah, I think I'm tipping the Saints because what kind of fan would I be if I didn't tip the Saints? In round uh, one. A realist, indeed. I guess. But yeah, round one, uh, you know, very much. We, Collingwood, we, uh, they, they had a terrible year last year and there's nothing – major to su- there's no reason to suggest they'll be any better there's no. you know there's hope and optimism but we haven't seen anything that'll suggest apart from the incredible skills of nick nakos but yeah, how much can amazing. you put on a, a first a yet to debut player you know? yeah you can't you can't be you know tipping based on that a debutante mm. to, to maybe tear the game up um plus i, I hear that uh, <clears throat> nick dacos is much more of a dc man doesn't like marvel Oh, there we go. Well, it seems fitting. If you know, growing up with the Collingwood family and going for the Blues. Yep. So he likes to be a contrarian. <laughs> old right. Dacos. Um, <laughs> loves loves the recent Batman. Loves uh, it. Absolutely loves Robert Pat Robert Pattinson. Hmm, that's mm-hmm, his name. Mm-hmm, um, yeah, mate. I think we. Oh, I hope we win. But uh, I was a bit more confident with this game 
three weeks ago than I am now. Mm, but yeah. if we want to be anything this year, we need to win. And the Pies are rebuilding or they're in a weird transition period, right? they got a new coach, some older players. They aren't too injured. Maynard will miss from that suspension. I'm not sure if Jeremy Howe will be in. He's a, he's a big name if he is. So it'll be a lot better if he's in. But Kruger and Lipinski both <clears throat> out as well. Oh, really? Lipinski, they were saying he was touch and go. Okay, all right. But uh, he yeah. did Could ankle. Could be more male on that, yep. Yeah, we'll see. But, you know, we're, we, sh- we, we were pretty solid at Marvel a few years ago, but last year was shocking there. So I don't know if that's much of a fortress for it, but for us, but I believe we should win. And if we don't, you know, I'll already be getting nervous, merely. Look, I'll be there with you, Bart. I'll be sitting next to you. I'll be cheering yeah. for the Saners, but I'm, I'm I'm afraid I'm tipping Collingwood <gasps> in this one. Oh no! Um, I'm sorry to say that, but it's only it's Man, only right. in it's only by virtue of the it's only because of the Saints injuries. I, uh, yeah, I look at that injury fair. list, look at those outs, and I go, Ooh, if 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 Collingwood are going to beat them, it's it's with those injuries. So. Yeah, it's now. Yeah, I feel yeah. you. They make mm-hmm. me nervous, Millie. So that's I hope a I'm fair wrong. Tip. I hope I get. I hope I get. You know, seven this week or eight this week. And, <laughs> That'd be and nice. One, and miss this one. That'd be lovely. I'd love to watch Collingwood lose. Love yeah, it. It's always good. It's a treat. Saturday uh, at two ten at the MCG. We'll be it's, there. We'll be there. Oh yeah. It's uh, it's the Cats taking on the Dons in the country round. Bloody country round. Slim Dusty will be playing a song. Cool, blimey. <laughs> Coming back from the grave to play. It's pretty <laughs> yeah. impressive. Yeah. Uh, it would be a hologram, a halftime yeah, hologram. Slim per- Dusty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all that extra gambling revenue they can invest in some yeah. big time halftime entertainment. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I watched the Super Bowl halftime show you yeah. know, recently and right. we got to get something like that going. Exactly. I think and a hologram Slim Dusty is about right with, uh, <laughs> with Rodney Rude to support. Oh, um, the perfect <laughs> halftime show. Indeed. So dated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I reckon I'm, I'm going to tip Geelong here. Um, I, don't, I don't feel confident about that. Um, yeah, I don't feel confident at all about that. In fact, while I'm talking to you now, I'm, I, I get the feeling I should change my tip. Interesting. But, um, but right now, I'm, I've, I've tipped along and I've said along just now. I'm going to stick with it. I might change it before tomorrow's no, deadline. Stick with it, Mealy. Stick okay. with it. All right. I'm sticking. I'm telling you to stick with it because I'm also going to go with Geelong. I just think um, Tom Stewart's a hell of a player and he missed the latter, half, latter part player. of last season. Yeah. They're still a damn good side, Geelong. Don't you feel back in the guts? Doesn't hurt. Like, they're better than – the Dons will be better than them probably next year. But I think, so. I think now – particularly early on in the season, the fresh start with a healthy list. I think Geelong are just a better team still. Yeah. Um, I hope Essendon go, you know, beat them. That'd yeah. be great. But I reckon the Geelong will do it too. It's a t- tough one to call though. It's a hard bloody round already. Yeah. Yep. It is. Bloody well is. All right. Uh, 5.10 at, uh, what is it? Stadium Australia. Um, the, the Homebush Stadium. Hey, it's okay. big time buddy taking on the big, big oh, sound. Huge. Huge. Uh, I think the big, big sound will be so loud and overwhelming uh-huh. that it may spoil the Buddy show. TBH. You know, I, I reckon Buddy, I reckon he has strong feelings about uh, Stadium Australia, the Homebush Reserve. I don't think he likes it. Nah. I think he, he prefers wouldn't. the SCG. Yeah, I reckon deep down you'd love to kick your thousandth at your home ground versus, yeah. Ge- versus Geelong the second second week. In the uh, same pocket as Plugger kicked it from. Yes. That yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? It feels synergy. Feels right. Feels right. Doesn't it? And I reckon they know that. This is they got this the spirit, that theatrical spirit within them. A lot of these players, they're performers, they're showmen, um, yeah. and I reckon he'll kick his thousands in the following week. But I, and I think that these guys play. It's a good derby. These one. The, very good. The very good derbies derby. are always solid. They're very close. Of course. GWS beat them very by what? By a point. One point in the single final? point. Yeah. Single point. And earlier in the year, I believe Josh Kelly kicked a clutch goal wearing That's the right. charcoal Guernsey. I think it was 2021 to also oh. snatch a victory. Is it the blackout Guernsey? The, yeah. The sexy one. one. Everyone loves it. Bring it Universally back. Universally loved. Yeah, yeah, they will. It'll be back. Good. Um, we'll find out from the ambassador. But I reckon uh, also Sam Taylor is a great defender who. Hey, can he has, I think Buddy did kick five on him last year, or Whoa. maybe the year before. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I think he's going to get even better, and uh, I think I like the defense. And I reckon GWS will spoil the party, and then round two, Buddy will kick his thousand. Yeah, I agree with you. We're in uh, lockstep again on that one. Nice. 
at the Gab. Ah, it's the Brisbane Lions taking on Port at eight ten on uh, on Saturday night. Eight ten, which is which is of course seven fifty local time, allowing for daylight savings. Wow. Um, it's the hardest uh, game to pick. I I agree. It is a tough one. However, I'm tipping Brisbane at home. Oh. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah, Brisbane me too. Yep. Um, we could talk about it, but I don't think we need to. No, there's lots of reasons why Brisbane will be good this year, and we talked about them in last week's episode. There's exactly. lots of reasons Port will probably be good, but we don't trust them, Bart, fundamentally. We can't trust them. Can't trust those yep. Port Adelaide powers. I tried, I tried to trust them last year, and I got hurt. Mm-hmm. I started trusting them, and I got bloody hurt at the pointy end of the season. Oh, yeah. And I won't yeah. be again. No. Not, not anymore. No. Not now. Learnt your lesson. Yep. Um, if this was in Adelaide, I'd, I'd have a little bit more... A little bit more faith. I probably uh, tip them. Yeah, it's it's yeah. pretty much the home ground thing. Let's just say that. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sunday, uh, another game we'll be going to at the uh, the M, the C, and the G. Yeah. Can you tell we're football fans, by the way? Can just you tell we really like football? Touch. Love football. <laughs> Getting the festival. We've missed it. We've missed it, man. So much. Yeah. It's the Hawthorne Hawks taking on North Melbourne. The May Blooms versus the Shin Bones. Game of the round. Yep. Game of the round. Game of the round. It baby. Could be the closest game of the round. Who knows? Well, I say that a little bit tongue in cheek, but also I'm sure. really looking forward to the game, and it Big very time. well could be. Yeah, it'll be a really close game, it's and uh, young talent th- on display. Yeah, it's good. I'm, I look forward to that. I really like the draft time and and seeing these players come through their juniors to debuting at their clubs, and I reckon mm-hmm. we'll see a few of them. We'll definitely see the number one pick, Jason Horn Francis, oh, yeah. and we'll probably see Josh Ward for the, the Hawks, who's a Jet as well. We will, yeah. Um, and I think the, the the bookies, if you had a look at it, Millie, would think that the, the Hawks are going to win this game, but I reckon the Roos are going to win. I think, if you remember like from last week, I put Hawthorne right down the bottom of my ladder prediction. That's true. And I, North will probably end up down there as well. But I think this round, I think North might do a cheeky little win to start their season, which which they'd love after coming last last year. Like I feel this. like you, I feel like you're disagreeing with me though. I am, I am and looking and, at your and, eyes. And the only reason I am is because of a couple of players, James Sicily, Big. And Jack Gunston. Great players. I think they're they're back and I think they're big for them. And I think that North will have periods of absolute dominance. I reckon it'll be a bit of a seesaw mm. at times, but I don't reckon they'll be able to sustain it. And I reckon the the maturity uh, of uh, Mitchell and Jager and and, um, and and some of the other key planks in that Hawks outfit will probably get the job done. Plus, they got the nice. new coach bounce. I was going to say, what about the FCB, man? That fresh yeah, coach man. bounce. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That should play around. into it. We're big believers of the fresh coach bounce. Sure um, are. Normally when it happens mid-season, though, this is a bit of a different one. It's not it's as true. fresh because it feels like he's been a coach for a little while now. But True, true. It is his I first th- time actually coaching the side. I think it'll be a noble noble victory. A, a noble loss to North Melbourne. and a, and a, and a <laughs> Very nice. Poor, no, and a, mi- and a, Sam Mitchell cheeky victory for Hawks. <laughs> Scumbag victory. Yeah. <laughs> it was not as, it's not as easy to work. It doesn't with. roll off the tongue, does it? No. Not as nice, but <laughs> we'll take it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, at Adelaide Oval, first game of the season Ayo. in the city of churches. Mm-hmm. Um, take me to church. It's Adelaide taking on Fremantle mm. in what is way closer in terms of like, you know, if you, if you believe the bookies, then I think it should be. Fremantle should Really do a number here yep. on Adelaide. Uh, yeah. Adelaide, again, there's reasons to be optimistic about their future, but Fremantle's future should be now. Yeah. Look at their list build. Yep. They should, be, they should be miles ahead of Adelaide. And if they don't come out and uh, put on a display here, then I'll be a little worried about their finals chances. And, uh, you know, as a mm. team that's competing, as a fan of a team that's competing for a final spot like Fremantle, I'm all, I'm all for them losing, but I don't think they'll do it here. No, I don't think so either. Even even in Adelaide, the city of churches, as you say, on a Sunday, the Sabbath day, on I still Sunday. think that Frio will get the job done. They've lost Matt Tavener, I believe, their main, yeah. their leading goal scorer for last year, yeah. just recently in a training injury. But I still think they'll get the job done. Frio for me. Indeed. At 7.40 uh, Australian Eastern Dallas Saving Time, over in the West, it is the Gold Coast visiting the West Toast Smeagles. Yes, fighting for their precious four their points. Precious four points. They've depleted the twenty-five man West Coast Eagles. The, Gosh, I reckon I can really get a game a there, break. Probably, man. If you can get into WA, you might be able yeah. to. But that might be the problem. That struggle. Yeah, 
I I don't see I don't see how they can win. Like it would be it would be a famous victory, right? Like Gold Coast, Gold Coast have got they they've got <laughs> conversely to West Coast they've got a really good uh, injury list. Um, yes, not they've got a really they're a really fit team. They're all pretty healthy. Good preseason. Good, good really preseason. Well. Beat what Geelong and someone else good. Someone else they good. Two, yeah. They beat two good teams in their yep. in their preseason and well as as well. Um, and they got good spread across all lines. Good talent across all lines. Players should be kind of in their some of their really good players into their third to sixth season. So that we should be mm. seeing improvement. New captain in Tuke Miller is one of the yep. game's best midfielders. Yeah, um, and one of the back. best to watch as well. And Wits yeah, is back. Great. And as and West, as we know, Mealy, yeah, yeah, said it. So many times, Gold Coast are good at the start of the year when the sun's out. Top. And where's sun's it out. hot? Bloody WA, mate. Oh, it's very hot over there. It's hot over there. Really warm. Yep. Yeah. It Gold might Coast. be the wrong coast for the Gold Coast, but they're going to put the Eagles to the sword. West yep. Coast. Yeah, see you later. Just drop some tears on that, that salty bread. Mm-hmm. Um, is that it? Is that, is that's that it, round man. right there? That's, our, that's, the, that's the round right there. Look at how exciting. Look at that, man. Well, that's that's exciting stuff, Millie. I can't wait to watch all these games with you mm-hmm. um, and in the future. But right now we're going to look to the past. We are going to look to the past. Now, I did a little uh, did a little dive over the off-season and I've picked a couple of little choice stories to sprinkle through our podcast season. And this, so is the, this is the first of them. This is great. Um, I'm not going to tell – I'm, I'm just going to start. You're going to have to yeah, figure man. out what it's about. Absolutely. Please right. do. The year is 1864. A man by the name of Tom Jacks sells some roofing iron in order to fund the purchase of a football. Oh, my Lord. We're going way back. Okay. Way back. 1864, baby. Yeah. Is Tom Wills around? Long time. Probably. He would have been, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, This ball he then donates to a group of young men. Group of young men who were to become... The North Melbourne Football Club. Oh my word! Just like that, some man sold some roof supplies yeah. and <laughs> bought a footy and gave it to some young That's fellas, it. and the shin boners were born. Exactly. That's right. Now, uh, North Melbourne, the suburb, the the origins of the suburb were from kind of the eighteen fifties or so, maybe a little bit earlier. There was a cattle yard where the current day Queen Vic Market is, um, and also they had. Uh, they set up a meat market not so long later, which is still there. It's now an arts venue called the, the meat, meat market. market. Yeah. That's it. It was uh, it was Melbourne's place to buy meat. Um, they were full of abattoirs and stuff throughout that period. But then, of course, when the gold rush happened, um, from about then, well, from the mid eighteen fifties, it really started to kind of um, boom as a as a as a township of Melbourne. Um, it was known as Hotham Ward for quite a while. Um, and by 1884, it became the most densely populated of all the Melbourne boroughs. Um, wow. After it was, you know, it was incorporated as a, as a, an official borough of Melbourne in, in I think 1860 something. Surprising because it doesn't feel super built up even now. It, it surprises me yeah. that that was that densely populated. Well, there wasn't a hell of a lot to Melbourne at that time. There was, right. you know, there was obviously the city uh, down in the down in the docks, they had Port Melbourne and um, Emerald Hill, which is the old name for South Melbourne. They had Fitzroy um, and then they had Carlton and North, well, West Melbourne and North Melbourne, but that was presently Hotham. And then they had some stuff on the east too, but I'm not as familiar with that side of town. Um, now, there was all manner of businesses formed as um, it was an, as an important route towards the gold fields in the northwest. There were ironmongers, water carriers, feed suppliers, and heaps of other thriving businesses. There was also a cricket club. They were granted land in Royal Park in 1858 and fenced it off, erected a pavilion, and laid down an excellent pitch. Records from the time haven't really survived, but it's thought that the club was quite informal, uh, meeting kind of every season by season without much sort of um, organization outside of the season proper. That's my um, kind of club, baby. Yeah, casual, casual Organic, cricket. You know, a casual cricket. Maybe hey, I'll, I'll be there. Yeah. See yeah. you Saturday morning. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was properly established in 1870. Now, the history of football in this area, like most areas of Melbourne, is linked to the local cricketers who uh, wanted to have a local activity to keep them fit through winter. Um, I now, do forget that, to be honest. I rag on cricket a lot because I, I've grown away yeah. from it over the years. But I owe it mm. a lot because. Without it, I wouldn't have my beloved AFL. 
Well, they say that's one of the reasons why Australia uh, was, well, especially in the early kind of cricket tests against England, um, was quite one of the big marked difference between the Australian teams and the English teams was the fitness of the Australians right. because Couldn't they mostly played footy in the off season, whether it be, you know, rugby up north or, or, or you know, Aussie rules down here. And so there were, su- there were super fit teams, whereas the English were kind of more traditional kind of, um, uh, church or, yeah. <laughs> yeah, church or village green cricketers or like, you know, private school cricketers and didn't really mm. play. They'd play one sport and that was kind of their recreation. They yeah. And then you're in the ski one. fields in the off season. Yeah, exactly. Um, now they, uh, the, the, the names kind of shift around at this time. Um, it was early known as North Melbourne, the area, but then it became known as Hotham. Um, and so it was officially called Hotham football club for a while. Um, and there is a Hotham football club that dates back to 1869, which is where North Melbourne, uh, draw their roots from there. If you look at their stuff, they say established 1869, which is the fourth in all the, the AFL, AFL clubs. Um, but there is some debate as to whether or not this was the fore, forerunner of the current day North Melbourne footy club, or some people say that the North Melbourne football club was founded from Mary, uh, from members of the St. Mary's church of England cricket side. Anyway, regardless, they were given access to land on Arden Street oh, in the yes. late 1870s. Yeah, doesn't that send shivers oh, down your shin bone? <laughs> in the late 1870s by one of the club's founding members, James Gardner, who gifted it to the suburb of North, the borough of North Melbourne for the purpose of recreation. Wow, that would, a thing that would never happen anymore. Some lovely person just give away a bunch of land for recreation's sake. Never. Is this how we got – that's in their song, right? For recreation's sake, fun, fun, Probably, lots yeah. of fun, enjoy the there game today or whatever. There you go. Oh, Weed in the garden all day that. thanks to the gardener who donated well, I think this fine land. It would have been just pastoral land basically before that. So mm. they do say that North Melbourne was like a nice grassy kind of area and, and Royal mm. Park um, hadn't – like the right through, you know, they, they'd changed it a bit, but it's, you know, there, there are parts of it that are more or less as it was. Um, obviously they lost some timber and whatnot, but more or less as it was um, from back in the day. Um, all right. It joined the VFA in 1878, which is when it adopted its vertical stripes because they played oh. for a season. Uh, they had hoops much oh. like Geelong, although thin stripes, not thick ones. Cool. Um, but Geelong were an older club and they were, they were, people complained that it was a bit hard to tell them apart. So The Eddie Maguire um, of the day from down in Geelong yeah, was right. uh, fiercely yeah. opposing of the hoops, the kangaroos' I'm, hoops. I'm surprised they didn't make them take on a completely, you know, like a black and teal Guernsey or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mix it right up. Yeah. The pink and orange yeah. Guernsey. Something yeah. Something hot. Some heinous mix of yeah. colours. Um, in 1887, uh, the borough of Hotham was officially renamed North Melbourne and the cricket and football teams changed their names to reflect that. Um, so they were, they were known as Hotham until kind of 1887 for a bit. Um, now in 1896, it's a famous year in, uh, Aussie rules football because that's the split of, of the VF, of the teams that the 10 teams or eight teams, I can't remember maybe 10, I can't remember who left the VFA to form the, VFL. Left the VFA to form the VFA. Yeah, that's, I knew that. Yeah, you did. I know you did. <laughs> I know my footy history, obviously. <laughs> Naturally. I mean, this is for the listeners, but this isn't Oh, yeah, true, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. <laughs> obviously, you can probably tune out, man. Like, you know all Yeah, I just chill. I'll just sit down for a little bit. I'll just come yeah, up yeah. Uh, North were, they'd finished sixth in that season of the VFA and so really were in line for an invitation. But um, any thought of them joining was quashed by Essendon, who cover, who coveted not only the recruitment zones of North Melbourne, Kensington, and Flemington, which is where they oh. uh, got a heap of their good players, but they also were eyed North's home ground of Arden Street enviously. Oh, there's a turf war going on, brewing. <clears throat> a little turf war. Reach out to the um, <clears throat> North Melbourne, uh, what are they called? The murders? No, the shin boners. The gang, the shin boners. Yeah, the crutchy push. The crutchy push. Yeah, yeah. There's a really great episode of The Dollop, a podcast Bart and I both enjoy, and they do a, a, an, an episode about the, the gangs of early Melbourne, or as they were known as pushers. So there was a gang in North Melbourne at the time called the Crutchy Push, and they were like this violent street gang who were very closely linked to the footy club. Yeah, a lot of the gangs were, were involved or linked with the clubs of their areas. Um, now, that, funnily, you should mention that because that is one of the other reasons for the slight um, they'd not 
there were a couple of reasons. They'd not yet won a premiership in the VFA. They definitely weren't a financial powerhouse. They were kind of quite a working class area and this heavily in, in kind of, this is still North Melbourne. They were quite okay. industrialized area. Mm-hmm. And so there was a perception that the working class nature of the team and the, and the gangs uh, were to blame for uh, incidents of hooliganism, ah. um, especially when North played Collingwood. Um, oh. And Collingwood blamed North squarely for it. What a uh, turn of events! True. The Collingwood, the classy Collingwood Magpies, who couldn't couldn't bear to head to Arden Street to play these well, with all no, these delinquents. They were also like working class and really kind of um, they were not not uh, wealthy in any way. They were they're very poor kind of area and they were very working working class, but they were more of a financial. Right, they're more stable. Time, I think. I they were more stable, and, right. and for whatever reason, I don't know why they um they got the nod and North did not. Jeez. Um, in there's a there's a bit of a history of um oh back sorry before I go on there's there's, there's something it's important about this because um we'll do this in another episode but Essendon had been playing their footy in East Melbourne because they had a dis- a long running dispute with the cricket club in Essendon um. So that they they started playing there, then the cricket club kicked them out. They weren't able to play there, so they kind of moved around for a bit. Settled in East Melbourne, which is where the nickname "Same Olds" come, because there's, even though they play they don't play in Essendon, then they're still the same old Essendon, which is the uh, ah, source okay. of the nickname. Yeah, there we go. Um, Let's bring that mm, back. Yeah, Can't and, and anyway, they they were always looking for a ground for a long time before they settled in Windy Hill, um, that would be closer to their roots in Essendon rather than having to come to East Melbourne. But so Arden Street was high on their hit list of of uh, grounds that they thought that they might be able to to use. Claim, um, yeah. Mm, all right. So in 1907, um, after period of success in the in the VFA post the exit of you know those 10 clubs um north attempted to merge with fellow VFA team west melbourne and tried to enter the VFL which was again blocked by Essendon. <laughs> oh this I, i'm starting to see why there's an, a rivalry between Essendon and back. north melbourne this is some early back. early yeah. beef real real early beef and you know north no beef that's where all the abattoirs were man what do you think the shin bones came from? about beef, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Now, to punish them for their disloyalty, they were then expelled from the VFA. Oh. They were oh. allowed to enter Savage. after a year in the wilderness, but wow. they had to fire their entire board and running structure and, 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 and basically start again from scratch. They still had a lot of the same players, the ones they didn't lose in the, in the year that North weren't allowed in the comp. Um, but yeah. That's um, savage. That, that seems yeah. draconian. Get out. Um, but they did win an emotional premiership victory in 1910 um, off the back of some shrewd recruitment from a, of, of a, about, you know, three or four Carlton stars who um, there was some upheaval at Princess Park at the time and they capitalized and uh, got those Carlton players, which is another, which is one of the pillars in the story of, of the North Melbourne Carlton rivalry, which stretches way back too. Yeah. I guess because they're all neighbours as well. It's yeah, they're very close. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Now in 1921, the East Melbourne cricket ground closed, which is, as I said, where Essendon had been playing home grounds, that home, home games to that point. Um, so North and Essendon attempted a merger in 1921. Gee, that's like the odd couple right there. That ain't, uh-huh. that ain't going to work. That Guernsey was terrible. Yeah, <laughs> splashed some red. Black and white stripes with a red sash. A red yeah. X, basically, yeah. Um, it's like the, Montague's and Capulet's merely. That ain't it gonna is. Work. And the reason Essendon were keen on the mergers, well, they thought they would get the power in the club and they would get Arden Street. Oh, I see. That was, that was the main reason. Just, um, yeah, right. Whereas North were desperate to get into the VFL. Um, the money was better. They, you know, all that stuff. There was, a, and the, the 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 class of football was better. The teams were kind of more competitive. It was from pretty much early on. It was seen as kind of the superior competition, although it was a, a like a rebel competition for a while. Um. So anyway, it, it got so far that the teams were combined and training began. But it was subsequently ruled that because Arden Street Oval was not owned by the football club, instead it was gifted to the people of North Melbourne. Oh yeah, it was not for recreation's Essendon sake. Were not able to take yeah for recreation's sake. Essendon were not able to take ownership of the oval, and so 
walked out on the deal with all oh, the wow. best players. Oh, really? Oh my yes. gosh, that's brutal. Uh-huh. That is so brutal. Yeah. Oh wow. So they had yeah. very clear intentions with the reason for the merger. They wanted their land. Yeah. Wanted their land. They and their took players. the next best thing. They took mm-hmm. their players. Wow. That's right. They did. Um, North then merged with Essendon's VF. Not sorry, an an Essendon VFA team. Not the same Essendon team that was in the VFL, but an Essendon VFA team, and were able to continue in the VFA. Um. Not well, though, for a while, as you can imagine. Gee, they um, had to scrap, didn't they? This is a few yeah. decades of scrapping, apart from that flag. Oh, yeah. Left. Man, it's a whole, it's a, an entire existence of scrapping for North, which is yeah. one of the reasons I wanted to do this is because it's got the, that, that shin bone of spirit, that, um, that you know, That's down and out, everyone's against from. this thing. It's pretty, it's pretty real for North. It's pretty apt. They were up against yeah. it. They were up against it the entire time they've been around, basically. Yeah, we're a few decades um, deep here, and there's a, there's a fair amount of uh, of wrongs uh-huh. that have come their way. Yeah. Now they finally did achieve their ambition of being a VFL team um, before the 1925 season began, along with Footscray and Hawthorne narrowly edging out Pran for the final spot. Um, but there was some. There was they were allowed to enter, but um, they there was very strict rules drawn up about where they could recruit from. And so they got a portion of their area that had been, you know, Essendon's since mm. they, you know, broke away into the VFL, VFL in 1896, but they weren't allowed all of it back. Um, Essendon had, had well and truly taken ownership over that area. Um, but upon entry to the VFL, North had the largest membership base of any of the clubs. Wow. So, Bloody powerhouse in some ways. Loyal they, fans as well. They hadn't been making they hadn't been making that big VFL money, but they had yeah. a big group of supporters, and they were well. The, the games at Arden Street were well well attended. Oh, what a vibe! That's awesome. What a strong yeah. introduction to the VFL as well. Coming in with the the largest membership. Yeah, absolutely. Seems a no brainer. Yeah, man. Um, now the, the the period from the kind of thirties uh, through to the fifties are not is not is not that interesting. They kind of middled. Um, they had some serious, some periods of kind of success ish, but nothing, nothing really to write home about. So big Saints energy, forward. big Saints energy. Um, but 1950 was an important year because, uh, they officially adopted the kangaroo as their mascot, having okay. been known obviously as the shin boners for most of their history. They, um, so they went not, from, from cutting yeah. up meat to supporting yeah. meat. Or to, That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was, they remain the only club, to have uh, an, an, a native animal as there. Oh, yeah, their, of course. Well, I mean, yeah. I suppose magpies are, they are native magpies. And they're, West Coast, you could say that they're wedge-tailed eagles, but mm. they're not specific. So, yeah. You know. Doesn't roll off Anyway, the at, the, nice at the time, they were, yeah. Um, we're the eagles. The West the Coast wedge-tailed, wedge-tailed eagles. eagles. <laughs> That's not bad, actually. The wedge-tailed eagles. Work. Yeah. Not bad. Wedge-tailed. Um, yeah, wedge-tailed eagles, of course. Yeah. Now, we obviously know the origins of the Shinboner name. Um, abattoir workers in the suburbs early days, it's part of it. Um, but also, you know, that there's stories of butchers who would hang shinbones painted blue and white from their awnings. Beautiful imagery. Um, Mm. The other the other origin story is that North had a reputation on field of kicking their opponents in the shins, which Fantastic. is a, pra- yeah. <laughs> a practice that was really common in other forms of football, um, namely rugby. But as we talked about in the in the you know rules of the game, Tom Wills episode, um, it was one of the main things that they um, tried to change in Aussie rules to differentiate themselves from rugby and, and other. Um, we other don't we codes. don't kick shins in this code. Yeah, unless you play for North. Yeah. This would be one and of it's only when that, the umpires aren't looking. Yeah, that's right. Still to this day, that'd be one of the things that the like the footy fans of the like sixties or whatever would be, like, you know, they like, bring back the the good old days. The why shin why kick. you keep t- tweaking all the rules every se- off season? Let them kick shins. Let, let the boys play and kick. It's, it's gone soft. Gone bloody soft. They might as well be playing soccer. <laughs> um, in 1964, uh, North had a dispute with the Melbourne city council over um, Arden street and, and how much they could develop it, whether, you know, how they could, how they could run it basically. And so um, they had a brief stint where they moved to Coburg city oval um, for two years. 
Ah. And played the home games out of Coburg. North Melbourne's seafood yeah. experiment. Yeah. That's right. It only it was a pretty. That's a pretty apt comparison. It only lasted two years. And they were terrible and, when they went um, there. They were terrible when they went. Yeah, went there and only averaged four thousand fans a game. There we go. That's not much. After averaging membership. Well, they averaged close to 10,000 in North. And, oh, wow. You know, if you think about if they're all local fans, you can just wander down to Arden Street, whereas getting at the time, getting from um, North Melbourne to Coburg was yeah. a bit more of a hike. That isn't. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. quite a hike. Um, see. Now, shifting demographic factors meant that the game, that, that, that while other teams grew, North stayed more or less the same size. Um, if you think about the geography of, of the city, um, North is bordered, is. Um, it's, uh, it shares a border with Carlton, Essendon, and Footscray in terms of you know football clubs, and so all of those clubs can grow outwards into yeah, the right. expanding suburbs. They're of landlocked Melbourne through the fifties and sixties, whereas North are totally landlocked. Um, and as we've mentioned, Essendon weren't keen to give up any more of their zones, so they were kind of they had to, they were forced to be pretty creative um, by in a lot of their decisions, just because they couldn't they had only had access to a smaller zone and. Um, and and like I said, while while other teams were able to grow their membership bases and 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 teams off the field, they were a bit of a smaller club at the time. So they had to be inventive about how they made money. So in 1967, it was a pivotal moment for the Kangaroos as they hosted the first of what would become an annual tradition, the Grand Final Breakfast, which was a big money maker for them and remains a big money maker for really? them to this day. Yeah, oh, I've never heard about this. No, it's it's the only officially sanctioned AFL event on Grand Final morning. They host it, or they used to host it at the Exhibition Building. It's probably at Crown now. I don't know, yeah, but yeah. um, Most but likely. they it's a big like ticketed event, um, limited numbers. Of and course. North hosts that. North, it's the North Melbourne Grand Final Breakfast. Wow, I think I've heard heard that referenced. There's in mm. the Grand Final Breakfast, but I've never known that it was affiliated with North Melbourne. Yeah. It's like and a fundraising um, event for North Melbourne. Absolutely it is, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, now they were, had a kind of they had a period of um they had a period of kind of underachieving in the late sixties, early seventies, but they secured a massive coup in, in seventy three. Pardon me, massive coup in seventy three because they tempted Ron Barassi out of the business world and back into football to coach the side. Oh wow. Give her a hell, Ron. Oh yes. Um, this led to the first period of major success for the Roos in the VFL, starting with their first final appearance in over 20 years in 1974 oh, when they were defeated by Richmond in the grand final in what Ron Barassi described as a complete capitulation. Oh, no. After the game, he locked the players in the room for hours to ensure oh. that they learnt their lessons oh, from the game. Like a bad, disobedient <laughs> child. Yeah. You're in the naughty corner, kangaroos. Right. Yeah, they were. Wow. Um, now, because they were landlocked, as we mentioned, and mm. weren't really able to expand, they did have to get they had to get really creative with their recruiting. So they've got to dig. They dig. Oh. They they moneyballed, man. They went oh, okay. to South Australia and Western Australia and picked up players in in the Sandful and Waffle um, who they thought could make a difference. God, they must they, have been one of the early clubs to do that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, they were. I mean, the Swans had a history. South Melbourne had a history of like Western Australian players. That's why they're called the Swans because of the Swan River and, and the Western Australian oh, players. No way. Huh. Yeah, not a tidbit for you. Thank you. Um, but in terms of like active recruitment and sending people over and and, and bringing people to Melbourne, um, they were they were certainly um, a step above everyone else in that regard. And they were also one of the first clubs to really embrace um, Indigenous players coming to play. So. Um, awesome. They brought in people like Barry, Malcolm Blight um, from South Australia, Barry Cable and the Kickets from WA, who are Indigenous players who r- were really important to North over this period of success. Yeah. Yep. And they did learn their lesson from that 70, that from that in. defeat, from that Ron Barassi lock in, um, <laughs> because they defeated the Hawthorne Hawks by 55 points the following year oh. in the grand final. Never again, Ron. We'll never yeah. let you down. That's it. Huge. Um, the tables were turned, however, in 1976 uh, when they played Hawthorne again, but Hawks this time defeated them. This is Hawthorne team in the 70s, famous. They're, They're strong, dominant, yeah. Dominant team. And so. 80s as well, right? And, and 80s. That's right. And then somehow then 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 they folded. The 2000s. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. But then, yeah, um, came back to win again. Mm. They backed it up again, North did, with another grand final appearance in 1977. The famous wow. 1977. Drawn grand final with Collingwood. Oh, the Collingwood one. 
That's right. Okay, I had no idea when that was. I knew it was those two clubs, but I didn't know when. Drew them and then did a reverse Saints and defeated Collingwood the week. Good on them. I'm a by 27 points. I can be happy for them. I'm a yeah, I'm a grown man. Well done, Bruce of 77. Yeah. <laughs> um, unfortunately, after the success of the 70s, the club fell into financial straits. Um, uh, but, 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 and so again, had to get creative. Um, We're hosting a dinner. So this is when they pioneered <laughs> the grand final dinner. <laughs> the grand right. final dinner. The, They've got a br- yeah, grand the final brunch. Cup breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The grand final brunch. And then, of course, grand the final grand final dessert. Morning tea. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Separate ticketed event. Uh-huh. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, they, again, they had to get creative. So, this is when they pioneered Friday night football. Are you Pri- serious? Prior to this, all games had been played at 2.10 on Saturday. Everyone what? would play at the same time on Saturday. And oh, you, so you, my God. All the games would start at the same time. You, you don't. The only way you'd be able to hear about the results is if you had the radio or if huh. up on the screen. No KO? Around the ground. No KO. Wow. No How did they do it? It was a few years away. Yeah. Right. But North pioneered Friday night football under lights. That's and, um, very impressive. Because in doing it seems so, obvious now, right? Yeah, but like well, it when, does. You, when this stuff hasn't been invented yet or hasn't been trialed, it's uh, yeah. some game-breaking stuff. Every game slice, was Sliced bread things. after it's invented, obviously, of course, but before yeah, sliced duh. bread. Yeah. Just shovel a loaf into your mouth. That's right. Just break bite it off the bits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, they owned the time slot for a few years. Uh, they also pioneered it. It was a massive risk. Um, they had to they, – they, it was totally – it was a massive business move um, and it could have all gone to shit, but of course it didn't. Um, and so entrepreneurial, these brews. Well, they had to be. Um, this is also the era where they, you know, had the famous uh, elephant on the ground incident where they, the circus was in town. So they brought in an elephant to the ground and um, under the, at Arden Street and the, they lost control of it because the crowd was noisy and it went rampaging around the ground until they caught it. <laughs> There's footage oh, online. Wow. Yeah. Bring, bring back. <laughs> bring it back. The ground. The Showtime Roots. Let me see it. Yeah. With the marketing people of this era. Genius. Geniuses. Yeah. Um, now, once North had established Friday Night Footy as a success, then, of course, the other bigger clubs moved in and shunted North back off Broadway. Of course. Even though it, they'd had, they had invented the time slot. Of course. Here mm. comes Collingwood and Hawthorne and Essendon. Carlton. And, and Carlton, yeah. Of course. Um, now, in the 80s, a lot of footy clubs um, were in deep financial trouble. Um, North were as well, but they weren't, certainly weren't the only ones. Um, and while other clubs were rattling tins to help get themselves out of their holes. Um, proud North Melbourne instead, again, innovated by starting to sell shares in the club. Firstly to yeah. private investors, and then they made a public float. Are you serious? North uh-huh. Melbourne were publicly They're listed a publicly company. listed company. Yeah. Wow. You, could, you could go buy and you can go buy yourself a slice of North Melbourne. My <laughs> wow. With the ticker R double O rule. That's right. Um, and, and that, in fact, helped the club survive uh, huh. until, it, until it came to a head in 1991 right. when the Carlton Football Club oh. attempted a hostile takeover oh, of course. by buying a majority, majority stake, stake in the club. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. What the hell? Uh-huh. This is uh, the John Elliott years. You know. Oh, definitely a John Elliott move. Fucking cowboy blues. Definitely could have guessed. Yeah. Holy heck. And they and they would they would have done it too, but it was blocked by the newly named AFL. AFL, yeah, okay. But that of course, was the, the, that was the Dill, Dill McLaughlin. His name was. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Grandfather of Bill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Grandfather of Bill. Father of Gill. Um, <laughs> the dynasty. Um, but of course, the vultures would continue to circle North Melbourne. Some would say to this are. day yeah. that yeah, um, some and as they are still. As they're always the first club mentioned whenever the R word relocation mm-hmm. is mooted. Wow. Now. Yeah. There's a bit there's a there's a few more little twists in the tale. No, oh, in the keep kangaroo me up. Tale. This is like this is like bloody get out the movie. This <laughs> <laughs> so many twists. Uh-huh. In nineteen ninety three, the Roos lost a preseason game to the newly formed Adelaide Football Club by one hundred and forty seven points, which led to the now second... that's not good in football, not, is it? Not good. Right. Not good. It's not. It's not. It's not Melbourne down in Geelong in um, 
you know, what is it, 180 whatever points, but Ooh. it's not far off. And no. and it's a new club, Adelaide, you know, yeah. they would not have Can't been be expecting to, oh no. Um, now, you know, obviously Adelaide turned out to be a bit better than everyone thought, even though it was a, a new club, but it led to the sacking of club legend and coach Wayne Schimmelbush and the installation of young Essendon Reserves coach, Dennis Pagan. Oh, Pagan. Pags. Pagan, mate. Is he Pags. in the mid-90s? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Not from 1993 onwards. Now, the move London. proved to be a masterstroke as Pagan brought a sense of culture to the club as he invoked the shin bonus spirit. Yes. And the game plan which made the most of the talents of a young Wayne Carey, which was... Oh. Yeah, you know this is back before we knew he was a prick. Yeah, um, back then he was a god. Yeah, that's right. He was the duck, the, the duck playing for the um, ruse. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, the and the the game plan was basically clear out the forward line, kick it and kick it to this guy. Wayne, yeah, <laughs> kick it to the best forward ever. That's right. Um, and Genius they would go on coaching. to win the flag in 1996. Oh, amazing. Okay, in years. the off season of that year, mm-hmm. the 90, between 96 and 97. The board voted to merge with the bankrupt, bankrupted Fitzroy Lions to form a new club, the North. What was it? The North Fitzroy Roos, Kangaroos. That the year in the off season after they won a premiership. That's right. They won in '96, and then tried to merge with Fitzroy. And because one of the main reasons that didn't happen is because they'd won the premiership, so the other clubs led by Richmond vetoed the move. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Geez, people mm-hmm. have always been coming for those roos, haven't they? Oh man, they, they surely have. They still are. They still yeah. are. With the merger of fail, the shareholders took a different approach to expand, seeing seeing the fact that you know they were good when they were good, but worried about how their support would go when they were no good, which would inevitably come again, and, and didn't want to didn't want to be in the financial straits that they'd been in in for most of their history. So they had a different plan to expand. They decided they would make North Melbourne an afternoon Sydney, tea grand Sydney's <laughs> an afternoon tea grand final. <laughs> uh, they decided Sorry. they would make North Melbourne Sydney's second team. Now huh? this was this was when they dropped the North Melbourne from their name and became officially known as just the Kangaroos, hoping that Sydney siders would fail to realise that they're a Melbourne club. Wow. That's not as clever as some of their other plans in their history. (laughs) The 99-2000 season saw them play four to five home games at the SCG and uh, led to Sydney Sydney Swan supporters rocking up to the game just there to boo the ruse, which was the Uh, Yes, yes. There we go. Boo the ruse. Boo the ruse. Uh Rocking up just to boo them. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. And um, 99 is, of course, another famous year in uh, North Melbourne history. As it culminated in a famous grand final victory over the Blues, who had knocked out the unbackable favourite Essendon in the prelim the the previous week. Now, they just won the flag in 99. And uh, Sydney were to host the Olympics in 2000, which, of course, meant the building of the new Homebush Olympic Stadium. At which time, the AFL, showing support and faith in North Melbourne, signed a contract to play 11 games a year at Homebush with the understanding that five of those games would be Kangaroos games. The others, obviously, Swans games. However, North never played a home game at the venue because the attendances in Sydney and um, and, and ticket ticket gate takings were so low that it just made it not worthwhile. And, they, and the Sydney experiment was abandoned. Yeah, wow. Yeah. They then, still under the Kangaroos moniker, uh, not North Melbourne, just Kangaroos, attempted to play their home games, some of them home games in Canberra, three games a year. Um, but it didn't go. It was, it was slightly better than Sydney. They didn't get a hostile reception, but it was, it was kind of no booze. To yeah. modest, into, modest interest at best and, and, and small gates again. Yeah, you um, struggle now, like let alone 25 yeah. years ago or 20 years ago. Bloody oh, yeah. Um, and then, of course, came, came Captain Carey's infamous affair with best friend and vice captain Anthony Stevens' wife, which led to his exit from the club as none of his teammates would play alongside him ever again. Wow. Dennis wow. Pagan then left the club, sick of the struggle of constantly paying below, having to pay below the salary cap and struggling to survive as a football club. Ironically, he then landed at Carlton just as the club was thrown into financial turmoil of its own. <laughs> and an existential crisis after the salary cap scandal. 
Oh, absolutely. What a curse. That's, yeah. that's horrible. That's shocking. Yeah. And you guys have run, you're, you're recovering like tomorrow night, Thursday night, basically. <laughs> End of an you've era. just recovered. Night. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. The, you've turned the page. That's it. Um, with the Canberra experiment of failure, the club then tried the Gold Coast instead, playing three home games a year there in 2006. In 2007, the AFL gave them an ultimatum. Either move to Gold Coast or face extinction. They wouldn't guarantee their funding anymore. But the Kangas wow. instead decided to fight for their right to exist and rename themselves North Melbourne in an act of defiance. Yes, Rose. And yes. don't forget, they were the only club to not rely on pokies and gambling revenue um, wow. for this whole period. And of, until, of course, shit. Melbourne gave up their pokies in 2019. Yeah. Oh, my and gosh. That is the story of North Melbourne or a, an abridged version thereof. Dude, dude, that was enthralling, informative, entertaining, and oh. fun. Thank <laughs> you. That's crazy. So they have been really fighting for like 160 years Man. from the get-go. There's been people, people been trying to take coming- their land, their recreational land, and kick them out, claim their mm-hmm. players – Make them pl- move to other areas. That's definitely given me. I I always liked the ruse. I've never had anything against them, but that's that's making me like them even more. Me too. It was really great to do some research wow. into their club because you know I know that's little bits and pieces about a lot of clubs, but to hear the amount of times they've come to the brink and been able to bring it back and still find some success in those periods and innovate. Fuck, innovate, man! Like that's so impressive. Yeah. So innovative. The Friday, like I think the main one, there's a few in there that are impressive, but Friday night football, completely changing the landscape of, of football forever. That's huge. Yeah. Well. Cool, man. Thank thanks, you. Thanks, Hey, in true AFL Equin style, we've just clocked a 106. <laughs> in our heads, we are like a quick 30 to 40. 30, 40. But you know what? We can't, we can't get enough of 40 and nor can you, listener, if you're here at the 106 mark, which I know you will be because that was some dang interesting footy history brought to you by Emil Freund um, thanks my dudes and, uh, my pleasure thanks, thanks for the tips thanks for listening folks we'll thanks be, for uh, joining us yeah yeah we'll be back next week after a big weekend of footy it's going to be a ton to, ton to talk about once there'll be stuff to talk about that's actually happened right it's not just right. pre-season it's, it's the actual game so get some exposed form we won't just be relying on the sweet sweet injections of hope that we've been getting this off season oh Mate. I'm excited buddy Cannot wait. Cannot wait to see you tomorrow, dude. You too. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, listeners. We'll chat to you next week. Enjoy the footy.